Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley, and you're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. I'm joined today by Dr. Tijani Belmansour, co-founder and director of the Microsoft Center of Expertise at Cofomo, on the topic of building community through mentoring. And welcome to another episode of the Collab Talk podcast, where we discuss the convergence of technology, business productivity, and collaboration culture. We have a great culture topic. We're always heavy on the culture uh, on these sessions. But my guest today is Tijani Belmansour, a PhD in cloud architect and the co-founder and director of the Microsoft Center of Expertise, responsible for training, operations, support, and innovation at Cofomo, based in Quebec, Canada. He is also a speaker, an author, and an Azure MVP. It's a lot of titles. How do you find the time? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Christian, for that uh, great uh, introduction. Yes, a lot of titles, but a lot of fun, too. Actually. Well, a lot of good stuff. Well, it's, yeah. it's always good when you enjoy what you do. If you hated what you did, then you'd be like, how can I unload some of these titles? But, okay. So this is a great topic. This is actually something. So Tijani and I did an MVP Buzz Chat interview back in, was it May, April, uh, earlier guess, this year? Yeah, I guess it was uh, April. Yeah. So when we did that recording, um, and, and this topic came up, and we're going to be focusing on building community, so the cultural aspect of collaboration and community, through mentoring and being mentored. Yes. It's a great topic. So uh, I, I know we touched on it, but why don't we start there? Maybe you could kind of define what that is in your mind, what the mentoring is, and then also describe like how you're involved in mentoring today. Yes. Um, my own definition of uh, mentoring is helping someone uh, reach their full potential, okay? That's mm. how I, I like to define it. Uh, what I mean by that is I don't, I don't believe in um, predefined uh, steps, predefined path, okay? Everyone is unique and um, hence we need to accompany everyone uh, with their own uh, uh, per personality, and their own goals. So being a mentor for me is being uh, flexible enough to be able to, to care about that person and what he or she want to do and where he or she want wanna go mm -hmm. rather than following a recipe. Uh, oh, okay, well, you wanna be a developer. Well, yeah, like a that's what I was gonna say, like a certificate, it's not a certification course and somebody that's guiding yeah. you like an instructor through exactly. that I, and 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 maybe i i'm th even thinking of that of like small m lowercase m mentoring versus you know like a mentoring program a formal program or activity around that because uh, you know we we in our everyday lives if we're uh, good human beings we're generally mentoring advising we're helping others around us especially when we have a working relationship but that is different that's a lowercase mentoring versus having a formal mentoring program because that's i mean i my first thing i think of is that well get helping guiding people along a certain path like their career path yeah but am i a trainer is there a certification that's different than the mentoring that that's 
exactly uh, what I think about uh, the mentoring. I won't say program because it's um, more of um, um, a helping hand, if I may say that. Okay, so as a person, you want to help someone else grow. Okay, so mm -hmm. it's not a certification path, just like you mentioned. It's not a, a a program in a strict sense of uh, what the program should be okay, with uh, module one, module two, and so on. Um, I think the first thing to uh, understand or keep in mind about mentoring is, is it is never about the mentor. It's about the mentee. Yep. It's not about you. It's about them. So as soon as, as you uh, position yourself from that posture from, from that perspective, it completely changed your mind. Because as you mentioned, we are a good human being, we want to help people and we have some predefined set of steps we think that person, that mentee should go through. Mm -hmm. So we, we have like a path we think that mentee needs to go through. But having um, a posture of it's not about me, it's about them, completely change the game. Because that person will grow not only professionally, but also personally yeah. from that mentoring program. Well, it's interesting that I, so I'm part of, so Microsoft through the Microsoft for Startups program. And that's, as the name implies, it's a program for startups, for entrepreneurs that can work with Microsoft and get access to software and, and other technology and, and advisory services and all those kinds of things. And I'm one of them, a Microsoft uh, regional director and MVP that is involved. So I've volunteered. So I've had, and there's a platform, there's a tool that people can go in and say, well, I need help in these different areas. And it will then identify a number of people. And honestly, I think I do it more because alphabetically, my last name is high on the list. But uh, but I, so I'll have people that will reach out specifically because of my profile and say, that's somebody that I could really, you know, I, I could connect with. And, and so I've, I've done six or seven individuals. Uh, I've worked with them. But there's a new program where it's um, where we're paired up. So same, same group. They're just, it's a new mentor program. Um, my point in all this is that, so I've paired up with a, a, a doctor in, uh, out of state who is starting up a technology company. And, uh, and so it, the way that they've outlined it is they've really put the responsibility on what they want out of it on the mentees, on the people that are signing up for that. And so kind of to what you've said is that all of the guidance that Microsoft has provided and the Microsoft for Startups team has provided is that like you're not running it, don't go in there with a set, a, 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 a list of things that you must talk about around the, this topic, let them drive it. Um, you're there for them. And that is, it, it's kind of a, an ego checked at the door say no to things like, Hey, I don't have that experience. And I, it's not my, I, like I can say, I would look into these different things. It's not my responsibility to then go and chase down other experts that then bring them into that, that piece. It's really their responsibility to ask questions, to understand what they need to get out of the relationship and to drive those conversations. 
which is just, it's very different. Exactly. I like it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, as you mentioned very well, it's um, you're in the pas passenger seat as a mentor. It's up to the mentee to drive the car, to go where you want to go. Okay, so you are here to help them. It's it's different from um, uh, and okay. Let, let me uh, uh, rewind. <laughs> yeah. Um, what I want to say is that usually uh, people will reach out to you to become their mentor because they are inspired by what you have achieved. They want to achieve something like that. It's not right. just because of what you know. If they needed some trainings on what you know, they will follow a course. Okay, we'll take a course on something. Right. Oh, I need to learn how to uh, to um, to uh, set up an infrastructure on Azure. I will take a course for that. Okay. Right. But but here's a common one I'm sure you've had as well as I've had a number of people as I'm sure you have as Microsoft MVPs that have said. Hey, I would love for some mentoring, like of how I can get on that path to become an MVP. So again, yes. there's not a list of usually when people are asking that, like I'm a, I'm a marketing guy and there's, they have deep technical expertise. It's not about the technology. It's exactly. about the soft skill areas exactly. Exactly. To, to help them along that path. Exactly. And that's uh, awesome because I see a mentor as both someone who will help a mentee work on their hard skills, of course, but more importantly on their soft skills. It's the mindset first, okay? And uh, for me, I try to um, teach some principles to those mentees, okay? Uh, um, and how do I teach those principles? I will get back to, to that in a minute if you, if you want. Mm -hmm. But the first thing is to be an example. So um, show them that you believe in what you are saying, in what you are doing, and lead by example. That's the first step for me. And I like to be very clear uh, with my mentees uh, at the very first of the discussion that a mentor is not someone who know it all. Okay, I can be your mentor, but I am a mentee to someone else. I'm yeah. also doing mentors, and that's totally fine. Okay, and one thing is that um, as a person, you will probably uh, change mentors over over uh, your path, over your life, because you are growing too, and you will feel at some point that this person has. Um, is no more the good mentor for you because you have learned or you have grown uh, as much as possible with that person. It's totally fine to uh, seek for another mentor. Mm -hmm. So I try to to um, to make my mentee understand that the, uh, at the very first of our journey together. Okay? It's not a static thing. It, uh, it's a dynamic thing. How much do you, how much do you outline at the beginning of that process? I mean, your experience that you outline like what they want to achieve, because like my my experience, like I've had informal uh, mentors and advisors uh, in business school. Two of my professors, 
became, they were mentors. I became friends with, we had a lot of other, you know, personal as well as business and, and, and school related topics. They both became advisors for my startup later after that business sold, one of them became a business partner. We did other things. Uh, but when I, when I went to Microsoft for three and a half years, I had, there was a, a VP in my larger org that I, uh, had a good working relationship with. And I approached him about formally becoming uh, a mentor. And he uh, agreed to that. We had, you know, lunches occasionally, we kind of outlined, he said, well, what are you looking for help on? And we kind of set out, here's where I'm really looking for guidance and to talk through what my experience is and to hear from your experiences on and around operational management of internal politics and that kind of stuff. Uh, so we kind of out, had that structure. And yeah. so for two years, like we had a basis for those discussions. How am I doing on those three things every time for those discussions? Is that something similar that you have with your mentors yeah. and mentees? Yes, yes, exactly. Um, it's exactly that. And um, as you asked first, the first thing uh, when I uh, when a mentee reached out to me to become his uh, mentor, his or her mentor, is um, to ask them what they want first, and then why they want it. If you will, it, it's like some kind of coaching too okay. in their mentorship relationship. Okay, so coaching. What do you want and why do you want it? And then we can work it out how we can help, how we can help you go there, okay? So, mm -hmm. because you, you mentioned a, a great example at the beginning, it's um, uh, people who reach out to us to uh, become MVPs, okay? Mm -hmm. yeah. First of all, I, I'm, I try to be totally honest uh, with those people. It, we don't have any superpower. Right. <laughs> I, it's, a, it's a black box to all of us. I know. Yeah, exactly. That if uh, uh, our listeners today need to go with, uh, with something and only one thing is that a mentor is not a superhero. Okay. They had this struggle. They failed over time. They uh, tried things that didn't work and uh, things that worked. Mm -hmm. Our... Um, as a mentor, we try to help people avoid the mistakes that we made, okay, and uh, try uh, to help them achieve faster what they want to achieve. But that doesn't mean that we have any kind of superpower and uh, we have a vision of the future and we can lead them with certainty to what they will need to do, okay? And um, so that's the first step. Uh, and then, um, help those, those uh, people uh, work on their mindset. Okay, so, okay, you want, uh, that's what you want, that's why you want it, and why didn't you get there already? Mm. Okay, so, and have that open-hearted conversation with those people. It's not about just the the steps okay you need to do that you need to do that and for, uh, as i mentioned earlier the mvp program is not okay you need to uh, write uh, one blog post a week you need to uh, to publish uh, 10 videos uh, every month so it's not 
that way. Okay, so what you want to do and why you want to do it, because um, as an MVP, our uh, first thing, what we like is sharing our knowledge with the people. Okay? Mm -hmm. It's not say, oh, hey, I know more than you do. <laughs> I know things that you don't know. That's not the point. Yeah. We learn things, okay? We 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 are definitely not know it all. People, we we struggle, we learn, and then we share that learning with you. Okay, so that's what we like to do. It's a pleasure for us to say, okay, I today I believe that I helped someone who was struggling with that, having a, a fast track to achieving what he or she want to achieve. Okay, so that's. A re the reward for us as MVPs, okay? So, mm -hmm. first of all, if you want to be an MVP, uh, I believe that you need to be in that mindset. Not just uh, screaming to the world, hey, I'm an MVP, look at my title. <laughs> right. It's not the point, okay? So, there's a lot of um, mindset to work on in the first place before we can say, okay, now let's figure out how to help you become an MVP. Yeah, I think the, because uh, that is, and for those two, as we're talking about mentoring programs mm -hmm. and the MVPs is a different thing, but it's, yeah. the, it's the exact same. I, and I found, and, and I may have shared this in our last discussion too, but I'm sure you've had this similar experience where I have, I've had a couple friends, um, one that I submitted him to become a Microsoft MVP and as we just had regular conversations about things that he's doing and ways that he could better highlight kind of surface and, and showcase. It's another word that I use, you know, the, the work that he was doing out the good work. And, and, and one of them, so he, he said to me after, after a good year, year and a half of trying to become an MVP, um, he said, you know, what I've learned from all this is that all of the advice, it's been fantastic. He says, I've, I've been able to, make habits of a lot of the like healthy habits of getting involved, doing things with the community. He says, at this point, I don't really care about becoming an MVP. What I've been able to achieve by involvement in the community has been so rewarding to personally, professionally, to his company. He's the CEO of a company uh, that's, that's flourished. And he's like, I'm happy with all that. It would be fantastic to be an MVP, but that's, it's no longer my goal. I'm not even thinking about it because I'm busy. I'm happy doing these things. I'm I'm giving back. And it's been very rewarding. And a month later, he got his MVP. And it's like once he stopped thinking about it, uh, you know. But but that's that's a, that's an approach to that's something that I think to be a good mentee. In that respect, think about, you know. Like when I met with this VP and at the time, and I was, uh, you know, my goal was, well, how do I move up the ranks? How do I get up to inside Microsoft, a partner level, a VP level, a CVP? Yeah. How do I, what's my path? What do I need to be doing along that path? And I, I realized over time, I said that, you know, there are certain, so many different factors that have to happen with achieving those professional goals. Some people, somebody has to leave the organization sometimes before somebody can move up those kinds of realities around that. But in the meantime, going back to what you said, how can I be a better version of myself? How can I uh, 
be a, a, a better individual contributor? How can I be a better people manager? How can I be a better partner internally and externally around that? I started focusing on that and it changed the questions that I asked the, the mentor. And, and I'm still in, he, both of us, uh, you know, long left Microsoft. He left Microsoft years ago. I've kept in touch uh, and with him and, and we had a couple short conversations around uh, how are you on that path? I'm like, that's not, I like, I'm not even pursuing that path. What I was, you know, 15 years ago and here's, here's what I've done. And he's like, that's fantastic. It, it's, and, and, and so it, that's, that's again, the, the evolution of that. He's no longer a formal mentor. I've moved on to others, you know, as informal mentors, but on different topics to help me to develop different aspects of this. So that was something where I realized after time, that's not what I needed. Thank you for your help. Help me with that. And I'm moving on to the next piece of my puzzle. Yes. Uh, that's, that's exactly the thing. And, if I may add something to that is um, even if you um, don't follow a, a path um, at a given time, but what you learn along the way sticks with you. Mm. So if you have developed like um, a, a skills of to be uh, honest and transparent, that will stick with you forever. Okay, No matter what you do, no matter what your current path is, these skills will be will stick with you and will help you. Okay. I I think that for me, what I try um, more than just the technical skills or uh, how do I uh, move um, uh, at the top of the organization, uh, change roles, and so on. How as you you you've um, uh, stated very well that how I become better version of myself and how I can be a better person and better professional no matter where I am today. Okay. And you never know. It's, it's, not, um, um, it's not because you have reached a given goal like 10 years uh, at this company that you will necessarily become a manager or a VP or a, it's not that uh, that uh, that way there are the factors that um, are way out of our reach that will either um, direct you toward that uh, perspective or uh, toward another perspective okay? and you, you never know right but there are some skills in my uh, humble opinion that will help you um, becoming a, a great person and help other persons so that because that's the point okay um, no matter where you are no matter what you do if you are you have a, a great impact on people's lives they won't forget it right okay. and for me honesty and transparency is one skill that someone needs to to develop and as I mentioned, I always try to lead by example. So how do I te teach that? I'm air quoting here. <laughs> um, how do I teach that? It's by leading by example. So mm. I, I, I am honest and transparent. 
with you as a mountain. Right? If you, um, for example, if you uh, talk to me about something that I don't know, I won't pretend that I know. I just be, right. I have the honesty to say, you know what? I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, similarly, if uh, you know, one is, is uh, I mean, it's a sign of a great manager that can have open and transparent yes. discussions with you about your performance. Um, one of the, you know, what a bad manager does is a much more passive aggressive. It's the, every one of your one-on-ones, all the conversations, it's all, everything's fine. And you're, you're looking at projects and then end of year review tells you how crappy you were in your your role and you know why it was like why weren't we talking about these things that you saw or mistakes you thought i made that we could work on them over the course of the year a good manager a good mentor says look i saw what you did and it has a a enough of a relationship that you can have that kind of conversation of look you screwed up on this let's talk what can we do to yes. repair that. And I, I'll be honest as a, as a people manager in the past, and I've had some good experiences, some bad experiences that I, I try to improve in that, that respect. And, and you don't want to be overly harsh and, and, you know, certainly hurtful to, to, to people with that, that feedback, you have to be very constructive and positive around that people dwell on negative. And so you have to reinforce, you know, learning moments with, you know, positive side of that, but, uh, uh, and then also be honest with yourself. So sometimes there's bad employees that you need to cut loose that are, you know, that should have been hired kind of, kind of things, but, uh, but being able to have those kinds of open conversations and then help them develop a path forward is that's a, a key aspect of good management. And similarly, while you don't, you may not have the reporting responsibility, you should be able to have those kinds of conversations as they bring up some things they point out, but you know, I actually, my experience, I think your approach was wrong on that. Here's why, here's what I think happened. And here's what, you know, if they, if they then ask, if they recognize that, because if they don't recognize it, there's no matter what advice you give them, they're not going to listen. But if they say, well, how do I overcome this, this difficulty, this mistake or what, what have you is then you can work on something together, a plan um, of how to kind of get back out from under that. Exactly. And have um, a perspective or a posture of um, positive criticism. Mm. Yeah. Both as a mentor and as a mentee. I will tell you the things as they are. But I will tell them to. Uh, I will tell them to you in a positive manner, so we can understand why we can work it out together and find a solution and grow together. Okay, because that one thing that um, we don't talk often about is as a mentor, you to grow in contact with a mentee, not just the mentee that grows. But you too, as a mentor, will grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I may uh, get back uh, quickly to the honesty and transparency. Yeah. Why is that important, uh, in my humble opinion? It's because it will give you that capacity at different levels. First of all, 
it will uh, make that little voice in you that say, oh, if I admit that I don't know, then I won't be considered as an expert anymore. You can make that little voice goes silence, okay? Mm -hmm. It's okay not to know everything. No one knows it all, okay? And, uh, and also, um, let's say you talk to a, a customer. Let's say um, you work with customers and you discuss with a customer, you are in a pre-sale uh, call, for example, and the customer uh, brings a point that you're absolutely not familiar with, okay? You can just try to BS that customer and say, oh, of course, we know that. We're an expert in that area, no problem. Or you can be, um, you can have that posture of honesty and transparency and say, look, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I have no, absolutely no idea, but I will uh, figure it out and get back to you. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's not weakness to be in that position. It's a position of confidence, okay? And trust with your customer because the customer said, okay, so this person has is honest enough to tell me that he or she don't know. So when he or she will tell me that he or she knows, I will trust him or her, okay? Mm -hmm. Because that person is able to tell me that she or he don't know. Well, I've got a great example of that. Um, I mean, a little different scenario, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, so I had in a prior company and our, we had a product company. And so our salespeople, very, very aggressive. And for the things that we did, the things that we did very well. Um, but I jumped on a call with a very big potential client that was, and so I was brought in as the expert, the subject matter expert on the technology uh, I was the chief evangelist to uh, to talk up our product, and I had a great story on the things that we did. And uh, then I I identified that what the customer was actually looking for was a product that we didn't sell. Uh, there's a gap, a known gap, and uh, so feature set that we were in a, it wasn't even on our product roadmap. No intention of going there, and I recommended they, they asked what the best solution was for that. And I recommended one of our direct competitors that had that product. Now they only already owned one of our products. They're already a customer. And now I just, so salesperson was furious with me that I would go in and do that. They went and bought a competing product with ours. Our, like we had two products. They bought our, they bought the competitors direct competition to our second product and this other thing that we didn't do. And so they were angry at me. And yet uh, about a year later, that customer came back. So they thanked me for being honest and like pointing to a, to a competitor. And they came back. And when we upgraded and we added some new products, they bought all of it because they had trust okay. for, for us. And uh, saw that time after time after time. I said, there's nothing wrong with that. And actually, I got developed a relationship with two of our direct competitors where we would play because we did things they didn't do. They did things that we didn't do. And we would agree to not go after the areas where we directly competed and instead have this co-opetition type thing. So, yeah, it's, it's a, a very great example. Yeah. 
of building that trust, you know, and it's so much more about that. And that is a, a great example of we're not always experts. We don't always have all of those different pieces. Exactly. Be honest about what what you know. They'll be more trusting of the things that you say, hey, I do know this. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that we'll never have. That just means that right now, at the moment, we don't have that. Yeah. We don't have that skill, we don't have that knowledge, we don't have that product, no matter what it is. But it it's not final. Having that honesty, posture, say, okay, right now, I don't know. Right now, I don't have. Right now, I cannot. It's not final. Yeah. There's a, I, I, I'm a big, uh, I read a lot of uh, marketing, like leadership development books. And one of the great marketers out there, folks that know Seth Godin has written many books. The theme, underlying theme of many of his books in marketing and sales is around authenticity. And we undervalue, I think, authenticity within the world. Uh, and, and so we we chase after superstars, famous celebs around things. We look at people that they've got all the, the, the various the titles and things that are out there. And that can be an indication of knowledge and expertise and things that are out there. Um, but when you develop these kinds of relationships, have these kinds of conversations, get to know people and who are really listening to what, like with the customer, uh, I can tell you all the pitch for the products, all of our marketing guidance around our products, but where I actually take the time and understand the requirements there and I can speak to and show that I actually understand what you need and have that conversation, maybe my products will be a fit, maybe that won't. Similarly with, with mentoring, I try to do this, listen to what are you actually trying to get? And I a lot of times I'll say, I can help you with this piece over here, but the rest of it, like that's, that's not my, my background. Here's experience that I've had. Here's what logic would tell me, but I'm not a deep expert, a subject matter expert in that other thing, but you can only get to that place. If you're having those open and honest, those transparent discussions. Exactly. And what's great about what you are saying is that both, uh, both domain, both marketing and selling and mentoring have this in common that if you, it's never about you, it's about them. Right. From marketing and selling, it's not about how great my product is. It's about how this product can serve you as a customer. That's the point. Yeah. Really help you. And the posture of honesty that you took that day, it say, I know that our product at this moment is not a great fit for your need. So I'm gonna recommend something else. Not even if I know that it's a competitor product because I care about you as a customer, not about me. I'm not trying to sell you something that won't help you. Well, it's if you think back of like every, Every mentor relationship, like the the ones that really stand out, the the ones where advisors, mentors, teachers, trainers, all, my, all those things, the what stands out about the ones that were positive that that I remember that had a lasting impression, 
for those that were good listeners where the focus was on what I was going through. I I, I always go to kind of the the sales and marketing side of it. It's like, you you don't need to oversell yourself on something, talking about yourself and what you do. Like, like I get it. That's why I came to you. Um, But where it's meaningful for me, right. The takeaway where then where I understand there's that empathy, there's the listening to what, my needs were the nuances of my needs. Maybe you've heard it all a hundred times, but listen and speak to me in those terms of what my needs are. I'll get more as a mentee out of those relationships. Exactly, exactly. And um, as I, I was mentioning earlier, it's the same with mentor mentee relationship. It's about them, not about you. It's not about look at. Uh, look how a great mentor I am. Not that. It's, it's what you what you um, learn from that. What you, how did you grow from that relationship? Okay. If the consistent feedback is that as a mentor, you are just talking over them and you're broadcasting your expertise. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. It's but that's generally not a mentor mentee relationship. Like go speak at conferences, start a podcast, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> all those those different things like one way broadcasted expertise exactly. and there's it's great to have that content that's out there but it's just different yeah that's right well that's it's, right. to johnny I, I know that one thing i, I wanted kind of the, like the last topic area is some people are probably thinking well how do i formalize this what does it actually mean inside of my organization and so how how do i create this or what do i what can i do within my organization around mentoring yeah um first of all is to have um people that you nominate to be mentors that truly care it's not an official title to be a mentor right um so you have as a mentor you have to truly care about others it's not about you it's about them once again um why I want to be a mentor because I believe that I have uh, some life experiences that I I that will benefit to others, and I want to share those with those people. So, in everything that I will do, in everything that I will say, it will never be about me. It will always be about them. Mm-hmm. So you have to to find those people in your organization to become mentors, okay? Another thing is, um, as we mentioned, mentor is not an official title. So if someone in the organization um, has an affinity with someone else and want that person to be his or her mentor, as an organization, you need to encourage this. Yeah. It's not- That's why some companies that will have like a formal program and and it may be nothing more than like guidelines for that and using company resources, your time, meeting rooms, whatever that is. Um, But recognizing it means that like the the organization recognizes that, hey, there's value in people helping people. We want to encourage that. Um, But it should not take precedence over work activities like you need to find lunch hours or after hours whatever to to fit it in without uh you know because you're you're not officially on the clock for that time 
but exactly. it's encouraged to go and find that and let it grow and develop. Exactly. And um, you need to care about the person, about their, um, not about only about the role they are aspiring to inside of their organization or the skills they want to get. It's how they feel. I think for me, a mentor is first of all about how you feel as a person. How can I help you acquire those skills to become a better person, no matter what you do in the organization? I've had mentees as a, uh, as a developer, I had mentees that were more on the business side. Mm -hmm. They had nothing to do with coding and technology and, and all of that. And it's okay. They, they wanted me to be their mentor. It was fine. Okay. Because they needed something. They, if I may say, I had something that they wanted from me. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I have seen also uh, junior people mentoring senior people. Okay. And that's okay too. I, I've seen, um, for uh, as an example, someone who had five years of experience mentoring someone who had 20 years of experience. Mm -hmm. Why? Because that senior person um, had a great career. That's not the point. But that person haven't fulfilled uh, her potential. And they, they've seen in that junior person um, someone who is inspiring. And uh, she wanted that person to be her mentor well you've just described the plot to the movie the intern but with anne hathaway and i i always i just reminded was on, on my flight <laughs> home last night it's like that with that and robert de niro where it was yeah, the tired guy that came in it's a great movie and it was a, movie. it's a great experience but that's that perfectly describes that of and i've seen that scenario as well where you have um, somebody that is especially working in technology, people that are at least they're self-aware enough to know that they don't have some of the people skills. And so that they've actually gotten somebody that's junior, younger, you know, but it has strong personal skills to be a mentor to help with that aspect of their life and their career, which is, which is great. I, I yeah. would say, again, my experience is that it's rarer to see that scenario because usually when you have people that are more senior and their roles longer in those positions, they get set in their ways. So it's great when you see it, but it's not yeah. as often. And it comes from the mentee, not from the mentor. You, you cannot say, okay, um, I will mentor you to become a, a, bit, a better person. Okay. No, it, needs to come from the mentee, not the other way around. Okay. Yeah. And you, you've you mentioned that great movie, uh, The Intern with uh, Robert De Niro. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to do a spoiler here. <laughs> um, I discussed with um, my wife. Uh, we watched the movie and we loved it. And at the end, she told me, oh, I was expecting uh, Robert De Niro's characters to become the new CEO of the organization. It was not the case. Yeah. And Yes, at first I said, I told her, yeah, I, I was uh, frustrated too that he didn't got that position. But 
after thinking about it for a while, I figured out that it was never about him. It was about Anne, Anne Hathaway. Mm -hmm. He had an impact on her life and how, how she sees her organization, her role in the organization, and her life in a more general way. It was never about Robert De Niro getting that CEO position. And I yeah. think it's a great illustration of what a mentor is. Agreed. Well, I think that about him, it was never about him in the first place. It was about it, him. And I know that it, it, again, going back to like how how an organization can actually create that kind of system. I think that's the, I mean, that's what you need to figure out as a company. You know, put those kind of guidelines in place, recommendations for that. If if a mentor and mentee want to make it more about tactical, more technology-based, more about career progression-based, exactly. uh, that's fine. They can go and do that. Exactly. Um, but it's, uh, you know, for a company, it would it'd be good, one, to encourage it. I think we're agreed on that. Two, to put some formal structure in place with some guidelines to make sure that it doesn't become, you know, a part-time job within a job, which it's not supposed to be. Um, and maybe even set some time limits. So there's, so build that into the program, at least advise mentors and mentees that they're coming in, that it will, will last for a certain amount of time so that they're as responsibilities change as needs change, that it doesn't just become, you know, this, this habit that you're going and doing and, but we're not moving things forward that it has kind of natural you know, an end to the, the the program so that you can either renew it and continue going or go and, and try other mentor-mentee relationships. But, yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. And if you see here at uh, Kofumu, our approach to mentoring is we try to um, find for you a mentor that um, has similar interest uh, as you do right and we suggest that mentor it's not forced it's not this is your mentor and uh, <laughs> you have to right. deal with well that's the problem like we were talking before we started recording about how we've both worked with companies yes. who have assigned like all, new employees that you're assigned to somebody around that and which is i think partly correct because you have people who volunteer to be those mentors and work with one or more new employees, um, but it's not always a match. I mean, I, I had that experience and I realized that as I got to know other people within the organization, I, I would have liked to have switched mentors. I found a better fit elsewhere. It would have been a better experience. Uh, and I we unofficially did that, but then I felt like drawn in, like, I well, I'm stuck with this one that was assigned to me, didn't have a choice and had a subpar experience with that individual. Um, so that's just something to be careful of. I, so I, I think it's great that a company says, hey, we see the benefit of pairing somebody off with that, but that should even be replaced with a better fit once you actually understand the person and the, the profile, the personality of where they may be a, a better fit. And that's, that's uh, awesome because that remind me of a situation that I had uh, six or seven years ago with uh, one of my mentees. 
that person decided to uh, change her career path and she decided that I'm no longer the, the best mentor for, for her, okay? And the, that person told me, uh, it was a bit uncomfortable when uh, she told me that. Oh, uh, I think you're not the, the, the right uh, mentor for me going forward because and I, I think about that and I want to do that. And she, she was clearly uncomfortable. Okay? It's yeah. Just, you need to make that easy, right? Yeah. You need yeah, to make that, that build that into your system. Yeah. What, what I did is simply put my hand on her shoulder and say, okay, it's fine. You yeah. don't have to apologize for anything. You don't have to feel uncomfortable about that. Yeah. I, I wish you all the success that you, you deserve. That's perfect. Yeah. And uh, that, that other person that you are seeking as a mentor, I, I know him and he's great. It will be a great match. I'm truly happy for you, and I, I truly was happy for the person. But you know what? You can reach out to me anytime if you, uh, I can help with anything, even if not your official mentor. That doesn't yeah. mean you know, you cannot reach out to me anymore. That's never. It's not about me. It's about you. Right. Okay. And uh, as you, you were mentioning, something very interesting. Um, you cannot force a mentor-mentee relationship. Right. Okay. And more, uh, even more, you cannot force the way um, the mentor and the mentee collaborate together. Okay. As an organization, we like to put standards on everything. Oh, you need to meet your mentee uh, once every two months. Or, or, or right. Well, the other side is the, the I mean, understandably, an organization wants to measure like, well, how successful, how is this benefited? And, but I don't think those kinds of metrics, like how many times you've met and with whom within that, like it's useless information about the value exactly. that's being driven. Exactly. The metrics should be on what that mentee expected on the relationship. And what did you do to, to help that person achieve that goal? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's more... Yeah, it, it's more like a, like doing a survey at the end of each of yeah. those or through the year. And it's more uh, of understanding kind of the qualitative improvements of those things that the person, the mentee, if their goal was to move up in a role, they may not have moved yet. It may take longer amount of time, but may have had a profound, you know, uh, uh, effect on them and their career and their how happy they are in their role. So that's something where I would say, again, my experience would be to survey mentors and mentees on a regular basis to find out how frequently and, and other kinds of things. And what was most, ask questions like, why was it effective or why was it not effective to have these uh, and, and do it all anonymously, but then you can start look at and, and see trends of, well, okay, here's, maybe improvements to the guidelines for mentor relationships based on the data that we've seen or yeah. the the time or the frequency of meetings, all those kinds of recommendations that you'll learn over time so that when you're going and looking for new volunteers to be mentors within your formal program, that you have better guidance on, hey, here's what we've seen that's been successful that you can go and repeat. Exactly. And as an organization, 
one uh, metric that can come out of those survey is how can you help or empower that mentor to have that mentee? Because as we mentioned earlier during that conversation, mentors are definitely not know-it-all people and certainly not have-it-all people too. So yeah. as mentor to better serve that mentee, he or she needs something too. And as an organization, the way you can help the mentee is by empowering the mentor to help that mentee too. And how you will find out about that is by conducting surveys and uh, measuring that relationship between those two people. Yep. Agreed. No, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing to have. In fact, I had this, uh, I was asking questions with, I've been with my organization now for two years and I asked somebody, it's like, like, I thought I caught wind of like, is there like a formal mentoring program and there's something going on out there? Like, you know, how can I get involved in that? And uh, so it's great to see there is something I'm not involved yet. I'm doing the the stuff that's within the community as an RD, as a, as an MVP with the Microsoft community, but it's uh it's a great thing to have, uh, you know, as part of my organization that I plan to tap into uh, later but uh, it, it, it's been, I mean, something that throughout my career, the last, certainly the last 20 years, uh, where I have found it to be, it's helped me to figure out, am I in the right role? What, what am I looking to go and do? Uh, so career-wise, to just have a confidant that I can talk to and get, not always, but most of the time, I would get feedback, sometimes positive, sometimes constructive yeah. Uh, see how I answered that. I said negative. I used the word constructive. That's an example of being constructive with feedback. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Looking at, at something negatively never provide any any uh, valuable insight. Okay. Well, there. It, it's, I had a manager early on that said, "It's fine if you say something negative." but you need to have two or three ideas of how we can turn it around. Like if you don't have ideas of how to correct the behavior, I'm less interested to hear your negative response to that. Yeah. That, that was a great learning for me on uh, and feedback with people. And I would do that with kids when, when I've got four children and when they're little, especially you don't just like, take something away and know you're doing a rad thing, a wrong thing. And no, that where they learn is that you say, Oh, oh Here's why we don't do that. Here's where it's why it's dangerous. Here's this other thing that you can do or play with. I will take the fork away from you because you're trying to stick it stick it into the electrical socket. That's a bad. Here's what would happen to you, uh, you know. But here's something else that you can play with. Uh, that, and, that's that's great. And you know, uh, I have a six year uh, old daughter, and uh, here in Canada, I started. Um, a couple of days ago to become very cold. <laughs> I think yesterday we officially reached minus one degree. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my daughter didn't want to put her hat on when she uh, went out. So instead of saying, hey, you have to put it, and otherwise you will, you will uh, go sick and so on. We've, my wife and I turned that conversation um, as a teaching moment 
yeah, yeah. You, you have three hats. Which one would you prefer to, to wear? Okay. Mm -hmm. And suddenly it, she was in a decision position. Mm -hmm. it, it was no more uh, an obligation from her parents to wear a hat. Yeah. The rank was, okay, I'm in power. Um, I, I, I am the one who decides what I do. That's great advice for mentors too. When and when you're asked questions and what should I go and do and to, and to think of it in those terms. It's like, well, look here, here are some options. You know, potential options there. They're making the decisions. They're driving that. It's mm -hmm. it's about them. But to give them, yeah. based on your experience, mm -hmm. hey, here's the options. Which if they ask, you? if they say, well, which one would you do? I was like, well, I would do this. But yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Here are the options. Which one do you want to explore? Yep. And then we can go from there. Well, this has been a great topic. Johnny. I really appreciate you uh, rejoining this. Uh, and uh, it's a, and, I, and I'm sure I'll, I'll go and find some resources to connect in for the blog post around this as well of like creating a formal mentoring program. I will also include for those that are in the Microsoft ecosystem uh, as to Johnny and I both are, uh, you know, there is a formal program. If you're an entrepreneur or have a startup or a small company, um, you can investigate that Microsoft Microsoft for startups in the mentoring program there because there are resources that Microsoft makes available. But well, thank you for your time. It's been great catching up again. Well, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure talking to you, Christian. And enjoy the forthcoming winter. The winter is coming. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>